up next on Inside Champ Car, doing it in the dirt, on the asphalt, and in front of the camera. Now, you spend a lot of time on pit lanes and at racetracks with the pros and such. So what's the big – there's not really a big difference between the two other than money. Yeah. And skill. Yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> you know the honest truth is uh, I have driven against Joey Logano and, and uh, a bunch of the cup guys. Uh, I've driven against uh, Scott Goodyear and Scott Sharp and some of the IndyCar guys from the 20, uh, 2000 to 2010 area. And the front third of this field – can compete with those guys. I've driven against them both on a regular basis, and I know what I see. The guys here in Champ are good. The, the, the front of this field is a bunch of talented guys. And uh, so, so the difference is money. The difference is uh, how early you get into it and how much money you've got behind you. And then there's crossover people like me where you race in a series that is technically amateur, but you make your living on sponsorship and stuff like that. So it can be done. Yeah. Welcome to Inside Champ Car. I'm Brian Bolanski. And we've got uh, my, 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 my main man, Bill Strong, is here with us. And that guy, that good-looking guy in the big box is none other than Stephen Cox. He's a racer. Hollywood superstar. That's oh, right. He's a, ra he's a racer. Yeah. That's right. Stephen Hollywood Cox <laughs> is what we should call him from now on. There we go. How you doing, Stephen? I'm doing good. I've been looking forward to talking to you guys. Uh, Brian, it's great to see you. Bill, it's good to see you last weekend. It had been like a year since. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. while. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun weekend. So we normally start this show with Brian yelling at me, but we're not going to allow that today. What we're going to do is say, how did you get started in this crazy thing we call racing? Uh, well, uh, I was, uh, I, I played everything there was to play all the way through high school. And uh, I had just a spectacular basketball career because I'm, I'm, a, I'm from Indiana. That's what we do. Right. And it eventually had occurred to me that at six feet tall, I was only going to take this so far. And uh, my dad uh, had taken me since the time I was about 10 or 11 years old every weekend to uh, Paragon Speedway in Indiana, to Lincoln Park Speedway, to the Speed Rome, uh, and to Bloomington Speedway. And that was just what we did. That was our father and son thing. And I just, I, I lived for Saturday night. And uh, when it became clear that, um, you know, there was going to be a ceiling to my basketball success, then I thought, I want to be an athlete. Right. I want to continue being an athlete and take this as, as professional as I can, whatever right. level that may be. And so uh, we went out and started dirt racing. And uh, then I thought, okay, I'm going to reach my ceiling really quick on this, not to mention my financial ceiling because right. I can't the sprint car engine. So what do I do now? Well, learn asphalt. That means go go-kart racing. And from there, I went back into ovals on asphalt and it's just one thing after another then. So that's how I got into it. So, you know, you, you've, uh, we see you all over the place. We see you on, so you're racing. Did it lead to your TV job? Yeah, yeah, it really did, uh, Bill. And that's, that's interesting. Everybody now, you know, we got 32 million people a year that watch Meekum Auctions right. and, and, you know, Mav TV and so many other things that I'm on. And people kind of identify me that way, but I was a racing driver long before I ever got my first gig on television. Uh, I I actually ended up on a, the first show I ever did was a go-kart show in Indianapolis called Saturday Night Lightning. It was on ESPN2. Uh -huh. 
Oh, and yeah. I got that gig because remember, just a second ago, I told you that yeah. I wanted to move from dirt to asphalt. So I started doing go-karts for a little while. And at the same time, I picked up a job in radio and then ESPN, lo and behold, they find out. And so I go in and I test and, and you know, do, do a screening and all that. And they say, you know, hey, the, you know. He's not great, but maybe we'll put up with him. Come on, Stephen. Uh, and so that that was my first gig was actually on ESPN2's Saturday Night Lightning oh, telecast that's awesome. with now, go-karts. That's and, so- and Sarah Fisher was, and Danica Patrick and was on that. I show. was just going to say, wasn't that the show that kind of gave Danica Patrick the spotlight to, to I then? That's what it was. Yes. So it's it's your fault. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> responsible. Yeah, I guess I'm partially responsible, yeah. <laughs> Now, now you, you did go-karts in in indiana do you know mark dismore i do yeah yeah mark's a good guy yeah. uh, and of course they built uh that new track in newcastle just south of newcastle right off i-70 i drive past it all the time but i haven't seen mark in years now yeah he's responsible so, for a lot of careers so he i know a, a question everybody's asking online they're not but um <laughs> did you have that radio or that voice before you started doing the shows or have you Uh, always had that that radio voice you know nobody ever likes their own voice and and i was no exception but uh i I guess it's always been there i mean that's uh i i I started boy i can't i can't even remember if i started racing or radio first but it was almost simultaneous because i thought one of these has to take off Right, well, right. I've kind of been going like this the whole time. So that's it, awesome. Maybe yeah. I never totally succeed in either one of them. I don't know, but I'm still making a living, so who cares? Yeah, that's right. Did you have to go through that top 40 yuck it up radio voice phase that every one of us tried to mimic and be, you know, a Wolfman Jack wannabe? <laughs> I sounded like Wolfman, Wolfman Jack for 15 minutes every morning after a heavy night of bourbon. And then I sounded like Pee Wee Herman about an hour and a half later. So, but they still let me on the radio. Well, we always called them pukers. Exactly. And, 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 Hello, everybody. You know, yeah. we always called them pukers. Can you can you act like a puker? So that's nope. that's well, all. See, isn't AM radio? You don't have to have that deep voice, but when you're on FM, you have a much wider spectrum, don't you? Surround sound. Yeah. You, you fill it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you're racing. You you started the dirt track. You've got now. When did you actually start road racing? Oh boy, uh, I did not start road racing until mm, about 2000 to 2002 or three, somewhere in there. And I had been doing ovals for a long time. And uh, a guy from uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, called me up and he said, "Hey, we got a little track out here at, at in Hallett." And I said, yeah. "What's a Hallett?" And he goes, well, that's a village, a little town. I said, where's that? And he goes, well, I'm in Tulsa. It's west of town. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, okay, what do you have? And uh, he said, well, we've, we've got two cars. Uh, the It's actually two separate teams. The first one was a uh, Formula Atlantic. And the other one was a Datsun 240Z <laughs> that competed in GT2. And I said, I'll take your ride and I'll take your ride. And um, we went out and finished, uh, I think, fourth in the Formula Atlantic race. And then I went right back a few weeks later and we won the GT2 race. And I thought, maybe this whole oval thing is what it cracked up to be. (laughs) You know, uh, it's more their fault than mine because they built fantastic cars and put me in them. But that's the first time I went road racing and it was really instant success. And I had instant success on ovals. So I kind of jumped on it. 
So just um, a few weeks ago, Brian went out to um, pallet mm-hmm. the f- for the first time, and I a week later I followed. I've I've been out there a bunch of times. Great little track, and uh, now they have a tunnel. You don't have to shut down the track to get out if you're stuck That's in the middle. That's brand new, and I haven't seen the tunnel yet, but I'm dying to get back out there and say hi to the Stevens family. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, it's a, the track is very technical, and it was built in the 1970s, and yeah. it's one of the last remaining tracks that were built during the explosion of road racing in the oh. 1950s through the 1970s. Tracks were cropping up everywhere. Yeah. Place that had an asphalt cornfield or 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 uh, you know a, a airstrip anything people are turning into a racetrack. This is one of the very last ones built by Anatoly Aruntinov. Yep, super super nice guy, and uh, it is a gem. It's one that yeah. we still have. Uh, it's fast. It, it, it's it's faster than you think. Yeah, and I yeah. can tell you guys a story. This is a crack up. Uh, the Stevens family owns it. And Mike Stevens, the patriarch of the family, passed away some years ago. But I got to know him pretty well. We went out there and won a bunch of races, won two championships, just had a barrel of fun in, in the dots I told you about. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I was talking. Uh, Mike was would always give me a hard time when he'd go by the pits. And I'd shout an insult back at him or say he was just a great guy. And um, uh, I told him something about, you know, the racing industry needs to do better than you. And uh, he laughed and he goes, I'm not in the racing industry. And I said, yeah, Mike, I actually think you are. He goes, Stephen, let me tell you something. Uh-oh. He goes, I'm not in the racing industry. You know what I'm in? I'm in the ego gratification industry. <laughs> well, here's what I do. He yeah. goes, you know that trophy that we hand you every time? I said, yeah, it's a huge freaking trophy. It's like three yeah. feet tall. And he goes, it's the, the picture trophy. He goes, every single person that comes to my racetrack, I don't care what class you're in. If you finish on the podium, even in a class where there's three people, you are getting on that podium. You're going to hold that trophy and you're going to have your photo taken because that's what people come here for. And there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. I, I learned a lesson from Mike Stevens. Yeah. And they have one of the best uh, little podiums in the, of the they small do. track industry. Yeah. I mean, they built you know, that about you got 10 years or ago. whatever. That's such a cool little thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you drive off the track coming out of the last turn. You take a left and go up a little hill and on a right. Yep. You park all three cars will fit right in their great big, uh, yep. you know, and they've got a big backdrop that's put yep. up against it. They did a nice job. And that's, I say it's new. It, 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 they probably built that 2010, yeah. 2012, maybe. Yeah. So were you, yeah. were you greeted with the, uh, the chicken song? Oh, <laughs> Forgot all about. You are so right. Yeah. Seven o'clock. Yep. Seven o'clock. If you haven't been to Hallett Motor Racing Circuit, people, when you go out there and you camp on site, they (laughs) say uh, they say what you know. Don't worry about setting your alarm. The track (laughs) opens at eight, but we play the chicken song at seven. And I said, "What's the chicken song?" And they said, "Don't worry, you'll know." (laughs) You will. They were right. You'll know. It's a bunch of chickens singing it's hysterical and once you go there and experience it it's a local tradition at hallett it is i I was setting up for our our broadcast and no one warned me by the way (laughs) and and i was i had i had a wtf moment Um, i did warn you or maybe i'd put it cryptically yeah i don't think i I understood what you meant and and when you did warn me it was like a week or two later and and, and i had forgotten maybe but my gosh, I was like, do they, and then they did it the next day. I'm like, do they do this every morning? And, and apparently the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> it's just a slice of motorsports Americana though, you know, yeah. 
There's nothing pretentious about Hallett. Um, it's just good folks getting together and loving cars. Yeah, it's um, it is one of those priceless little gems that if you don't know about it, it'll you'll 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 go your entire career. But I was fortunate though because that's the very first road race I ever did, and we went back there, and I still don't think I've won more races at any other track in America than Hallett mm. Motor. And I bet they've won there 15, 18 times. It's wow. it's been a lot of fun. They're good people. Yeah. So yeah. you you came from first dirt, then asphalt, and then you had really quick success road racing. Um, do you do you attest that to the dirt? No, I attest it to the car builders. Okay. And the <laughs> were not me, I assure you. Uh, no, what happened was uh in in uh, I'm not a mechanic. I can do it, right. but I don't enjoy it. I'm not good at it. I don't have a depth of talent and skill as a mechanic or an engineer. I'm very artistic, and uh, the artistic end of motor racing is the driving aspect of it. The engineering, the mathematical end of it, the stuff that I'm not good at is being under the car and being smart enough to build a winner. And so I figured that out in oval racing, which I still do and I still enjoy, um, but I figured out very quickly that um, I'm I'm – I have an open wheel modified. We're running the IMCA series and a couple of other series at the same time. We're traveling all over the Midwest. You know, we would win a race or two in in each year, but we weren't over the top. And I thought, I, I'm funding most of this myself. I've got to learn to raise sponsorship if I'm going to do this for a living. I mean, you're joking. You're kidding yourself. You're delusional if you think you can be in this sport as a professional or even even if it's part of your living and not raise sponsorship. It's not going to happen. So I got to learn to do that. And I also have to separate myself from the engineering aspect of running a team. And as soon as I did that and started aligning myself with the right people, I mean, listen, if if you've got, uh, you know, M M Matt Peterson or uh, a Joe Bungert or somebody like that building your car, you're going to succeed. Right. You're going to succeed. These people know what they're doing. Todd Carver. I mean, there's some great guys out there that really know their stuff. And what I needed to do was get out of my own way, put myself in a position to win under good people. And it was instant. And they, they're pretty good at strategy, too. So they're feeding you, you know info about what's going on how much fuel you have blah 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 this and that and yeah adjust accordingly yeah, uh, it, it, and and that all comes back to experience and if you're trying to do that while you're in the race car you're not going to be as successful as right. guys that, that, that split up those and have a division of labor within the team and when i was in my earliest days in open wheel modifieds and then we went into arca trucks and it just it, it wasn't working when i was trying to do too much Right. So the question here, John Wittenauer asked, money and skill, which would you rather have? Money. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Well, well, will money buy skill? Think about that for a second, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I really yeah, had to do that one for a yeah. while. Um, absolutely, I would rather have money. Um, I'm not going to name names, but you know, oh, and, yeah. I, and we can sit down. And we could name the names in IndyCar, and you and you yeah. would come up with the exact same names on the exact same list of guys yeah. 
who got all the way to the top of American open wheel racing and made it to the Indianapolis 500, and they didn't do it with talent. Right. So what we end up with is a situation where talent without money is a dead end. In most cases, there's a few guys that still squeeze through, but the honest truth of the matter is talent with money is a dead end. Money with no talent Number one can put you at a higher level of racing and get you where you need to be. And more importantly, that gives you a chance to learn and become good, even if you're not. And without money, you aren't going anywhere. So my answer is money, money. money. And money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we see it in our series, too. I mean, we don't have a lot of money. We, our guys don't really spend all that much money on their cars, though. The guys building it probably think they're spending a ton of money on it. But um, we have so many drivers that I... I see out there that are really, really good. And if they did have that little extra bit of cash, well, no, you a have lot, to have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cash to move up. Cause that little bit will get you a little bit further up and then, yeah. you know, you just got to go, but yeah, it's just a huge amount of cash to get up there at the top. Well, I didn't hear the entirety of the cut, but Bill, I remember talking to you after the race, I think mm -hmm. it may have been Sunday night. I'm not sure. And, uh, and, and I mentioned the fact that the guys toward the front of the field in Champ Car and in other amateur road well, races. WRL's the same way, yeah. Yeah, the truth of the matter is, the honest truth of the matter is, the guys toward the front can compete at that level. Now, if you want to come in and say, well, when the chips are down in the biggest races in the world, uh, you know, the, the amateur guys, they may make a mistake. The pros won't. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not arguing that. But from a general standpoint, and, and here's the other thing. When you're making this comparison, guys, here's a critical, critical point. When we make this comparison in our minds, what do we do? We always think, what if the guy at the front of the champ car field could be moved up to IndyCar, to whatever, how would he do? You need to reverse that. You need to ask, what if you took Joey Logano or or you know uh, uh, any of the guys in IndyCar and Roman Grosjean, and you took them back down and put them in Champ Car, and you went to our 35-car field at Autobahn last weekend, and you put them in the 17th fastest car, where would they end up? Well, right. they're probably going to outperform the guys that are in that car now. Right. They're not going to win that race. They're not. There is a difference, but it is they are not superhuman. They are not gods. The front 10, 15 guys that I ran against last weekend at Autobahn, they are good yeah. race car drivers. I have driven, not at the top level, and I'm not making that claim, but I have driven against some of the guys, many of the guys who run right. at the top level. And uh, it, guys, pat yourself on the back. Yeah, there's some good drivers in this series. Well, and and I would suggest even that the, a big difference between some of those names, the Joey Logano's, the the Joseph Newgarden's, whatever big time pro guys you're talking about, and the guys at the po pointy end of the next rung, the the Champ Car, the SCCA, the WRLs. One of the big differences seat time. Those guys drive for a living. They're driving 15 races yeah. a year, 18 races a year in IndyCar, 36 races a year in, in any level of NASCAR, except for trucks. I think trucks does only 25. But nonetheless, they're in a car pretty much every weekend. And even the lowest level of car in those series is still a pretty gosh darn good race car. So, And they've got a whole team to support them. 
And when you're just going every weekend to get in a car, you don't have to worry about did you tighten up the fan belt? Did you did you change the spark plugs? Yeah. Is there gas in the car? And your fo- your sole focus is on driving a race car. You're going to get better. And well, let's let's take Brian's thought one level deeper because you are dead on right. And not only though is it seat time, Brian, but in addition to that, uh, one thing I'm really bad at. I forget to change the visor on my helmet, especially when I'm running an oval and we qualify during the day. And then I go out at night and I put my helmet on. Uh, I, got my, I can't see a thing. And I always forget my earpieces. So I put my Hans on, I put my uh, Nomex on, I put my helmet on. Oh, dang, I got to take it all back off again. Right. The stress that causes a driver when you're getting back in the car and you're thinking, oh, no, they're calling me to the grid. I forgot my earpieces. I got to take all this stuff back off. That never happens to Joseph Newgarden. Yeah. That will never happen because he has 15 people around him totally focused on making sure that everything is done on his behalf. Now, if you had that, how much faster could you go? How much more reliable could you be? How much more consistent could you be on the track? The answer is considerably, and that's the truth. Well, it's like Lewis Hamilton had his physio with him all the time, and she was amazing. And the, the guys at the back of the pack, even in Formula One, don't necessarily have that level of attention given to them. And you might want to wonder what the difference is between Lewis Hamilton and maybe some of the guys in the back of the pack. It's, it's the idea that you want to have that singular focus, and you have one job to do, and that is to drive that race car, not to figure out what visor's on your helmet, not to figure out where your, your, you know, your, 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 your earpieces are, and that makes a ton of sense. And, and we haven't even talked yet about uh, your diet and your full workout oh, regimen. Now. I am such a the guys fit. in Champ Car, they have to be back at work at 7 o'clock on Monday morning, right. which means they have to drive until 3 a.m. to try to get home. All those things slow you down, do not allow you to learn and be completely absorbed by the sport, Because, uh, and I think the comparison is really accurate. And I, I stand by what I say. Uh, the front guys, the front 6, 8, 15 guys, are truly capable of running at the next level. They're good. Now let's talk sponsorship. I'm guessing these guys are not good to have. <laughs> Somebody said they want they want their money back every month. <laughs> well, uh, you know, sponsorship. I the thing is, man, I had I had two really big, wonderful sponsors in 2020, 21, and 22. And for three years, I was racing basically full-time, weekend to weekend. I was in over one weekend, uh, you know, uh, uh, grid life the next weekend, then uh, something else the weekend after that. And then I would do a Meekum show, and I'd be home for 48 hours, and I'd be off into another race again. And uh, I, I ended up uh, partying ways with a couple of sponsors, and I instead went to some smaller sponsors. Uh, right now, I've got Brian Broderick, uh, Fisher and Sons Recycling and Salvage out of Fort Recovery, Ohio, is on board with me. Cars and Convos, Ron and all the people that run Cars and Convos. Uh, Toso Bathica is about to come on board with me here in just the next couple of weeks. And it's a little bit smaller, but it takes so much pressure off because yeah. I wanted to run the Audubon with you guys. <laughs> and if you have a sponsor, that is paying you five figures and well into five figures. And they say that I want you over here this week and guess where you're going. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if you say, you know, I can't really find a good ride there. I've I've done everything I could. We're going to be at the back of the pack. Doesn't matter. You can get the money back and try to, and go work at McDonald's or you can go where they say to go and you're going to run at the back of the pack because it's the only ride you can get. So um, if you have smaller sponsors 
that work with you in the thousands of dollars ranges instead of 40, 50,000, you know, five figures. Right. Um, you have more flexibility. They come out, they enjoy the race more. They have a more intimate relationship and it really takes the pressure off and allows you to run where you want to run. What's the sell for like a sponsor to come and let, and, and, and let you go race champ car? Um, to, for me, uh, I've got a little bit of an unfair advantage and I, I don't want to sit here and ignore that and say, well, by the sweat of my brow, I <laughs> raise sponsorship. Well, I'm on TV. That is an unfair advantage. Sure. And, and I admit it. So, uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, Michael Andretti had a rich dad. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's not going to turn down the ride over it. And so uh, that is one thing that does help is having a little bit of television time behind you. But uh, the sell is you have a company. You want some way to advertise to people. Now, you can come out and advertise through them through a newspaper ad or a television ad or just plastering your name on the side of of, of a billboard as you're going down the interstate. Nothing wrong with any of those. But the advertising barrier automatically goes up. People know they're being advertised to. Right. But if you go to one of my sponsors and they're carrying pictures of my last race, now that advertising barrier where it's like, okay, I got to sit here through another 30 second ad. All I want to do is watch Magnum PI or something. You don't, you're, you're automatically routing around that. Now you're producing content that viewers will go on the Facebook page or the Twitter page or whatever of, of uh, you know, carsandconvos.com or Tosobathica, and they'll go to that page because they want the content. Hey, how did you guys do last week? Oh, I can't believe it. You blew out the diff when you were go- running fifth. That's fantastic. Maybe you'll do better next time. Now they're involved in the story, and they're spending the same money. And right. now the people from Fisher and Sons Recycling or Brian Broderick and his son Taylor, they came out last week, had a good time with me. So they can enjoy what's happening. They can have content, not ads, content right. that's of interest and a storyline that is on their social media pages. They can enjoy what's doing and enjoy the competition themselves. And they can route around the advertising barrier that consumers automatically have when they see an ad. So that's myself. Right. Yeah. And, you know, today's day and age, it's so much easier in some respects because uh, it's easier to make the content. You know, we all have GoPros in our car. We have the Champ Car live stream that you can queue up to the spot where Bill and and uh, and Polly and, and the crew are talking about your car. And you can put that up on your social this or your Facebook, your Insta, your TikTok or whatever you want to do. That wasn't the case when I was doing this in 1988. I didn't have anything. I had to see if the Elkhorn Independent Weekly newspaper would run an article about me for the 4,000 people in my town. Everyone who knew me didn't care about my article, but that was my sell. And, and, And now we've got all these different options. You can go home after you're done. Put together your 30-second or your minute or your five-minute video, and then you can tag all of your sponsors, and that instantly gives them value. And and that's something that it was it's a lot easier to do if you have the time and the energy to go and do it. Well, tell me something, guys. Uh, what are the golf colors? Just tell me what they are. Yeah, blue, orange. Oh, the, the golf. There you go. There you go. Yes, yes. You know, you know when that car ran? 50 years yeah, ago. I know. Yep. And I know. we still to this yeah. day know exactly what those colors and what that livery looks like. Now, I challenge you. 
to show me a billboard that in the year 2052, people are going to look back and say, oh, I remember the color of that billboard. It was the most beautiful <laughs> thing. I it's not going to happen. Well, it's it not going to happen. We're bringing something special. So uh, Champ Car guys and all of my colleagues, when you go out to a uh, uh, to a race, if you're serious about moving forward in the sport and getting a little bit of support on your side, don't you dare show up without somebody being a designated photographer. You need to walk out of there with three, 400, 500 photographs. And even the worst photographer in the world, if you throw away the worst 300 of them, you got 40 that are pretty good. Yep. Yeah. And those will serve your sponsors for many years to come. The golf colors are still advertising yeah. to this day 50 years later well so, they're still a company because we have a golf station yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. in central well, virginia we have golf around here and, too so. yeah yeah and the but, other I mean, thing that's a perfect example and the other thing i tell people is is that you know racing enthusiasts fans participants are, are horribly brand loyal you know yeah. when i go to the grocery store to buy uh laundry detergent i still buy laundry detergent that comes in an orange bottle that your mom bought that no well that i that i started buying when i went to college because oh, that okay. that laundry detergent was on the front of of, of a cup car oh. and and to this day that that company can i say it bill sure, sure I, I buy tide okay and and tide hasn't been in nascar in 15 20 years but i still buy tide you know and it's just that brand loyalty that that uh enthusiasts of motorsports is because we know we understood the sponsorship game as fans long before the sponsors right. understood the sponsorship game in, in racing you know we knew that if our if we wanted our favorite drivers to go out there and race we had to support their their company you know the stuff on the front of their cars and that still holds today um and people will you know when i go to to to, to vir for instance there's there's always a car there that has this local pizza joint uh, from from Danville, and I I try to get there at least once a race weekend to 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 buy a pizza. I like pizza, but but you know I could also go to you know the the hut or or, or you know any of that stuff. But I chose to go to this local thing, and and that's that's the way racers are. Well, if we don't do it, nobody else is going to. Right. And uh, you know I always tell people during sponsorship pitches that if you have a billboard on the side of the road, you drive past to seventy miles an hour, you might miss it. But if I have my billboard and I blast past you at one hundred and fifty, you ain't going to miss it. Yeah. I so so yeah. Well, so let's let's change the subject a little bit here, Stephen. You know we have a big change coming soon. Not necessarily what you know us. You know, gas loving guys like. Oh, you know, okay. we're, now we're, I know we're where being, he's going. Yeah. <laughs> we're being required to move to plug in cars, things like that. You know, alternative energy cars. Do you think this is having an effect on racing now? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, unfortunately, it is because Americans have forgotten what made them Americans being criminal, treasonous, rebellious traitors is what made us Americans to begin with. <laughs> Have you ever read a freaking history book? Yeah, yeah. We need to learn to disobey. So whenever somebody comes up and says, you're going to drive the car, I say that you're going to have to drive. We need to be prepared to say no and simply violate the law. Now, oh, you can't say it. I just did say that. Yeah. We need to be prepared to say, no, we're going to drive what we choose to drive. I don't care what you say. You can write anything on a piece of paper you want, and we will disobey. And secondly, we also need to remember that uh, to a great extent, this is, a, this is a massive con game, and we can look at 
electric race cars to start with. You hear it time and time again, oh, this is the better technology. This is the better technology. Then why do you need a separate series? I mean, if it was the better technology, couldn't you bring an electric car out to Autobahn last weekend, run it for seven hours and win? But you can't do that, can you? So it's not a better technology. If it was, you wouldn't need your own series. This is a technology that's 120 years old, and it was abandoned for a very good reason, because what we needed was renewable, sustainable energy. And that's exactly what fossil fuels have provided us for over a century. I like, and John Wittenauer, again, says he's a chemical engineer. He's going to make his own gasoline if necessary. But Porsche and other, company, <laughs> Porsche and other companies are looking at, at uh, alternative fuels as well, um, liquid fuels, not Well, whatever, uh, I'll know. tell you, the, the, my, my issue here is uh, for I love cars, okay? Mm -hmm. If people make cars that run on hydrogen, I'm all for them. You want to make them run on electricity, I'm all for them. If you want to make them run on peanut butter, I'm all for that too. That's just more cars for all right. of us because I love cars. I don't care what they run on. But... The move toward EVs is not an organic movement in direct response to the pleas and requests of actual human beings. Right. It is something that is being conned and jammed down our throats against our will. And we need to fight that and fight it viciously with rebellion and with disobedience. Then once we win, for the guys that want electric cars, I'll help you work on it. More power to you. I have no problem with it whatsoever, but I'm not going to buy the con and I'm not going to have it jammed down my throat. Do you think it's going to reduce the cost of a Porsche GT3 RS so that people like us could afford one? <laughs> I see. If, if it was, they wouldn't build it, Bill. Because I'm all for electric if that's so. <laughs> Can we switch gears? I, I know we told you we were only yeah. going to keep you for a half hour. But, yeah, I, but I I I um, I, I get I, paid by the hour, so it doesn't matter. I've got we've got our hooks in you, so we're going to keep you for just a few more minutes here. Can we talk about Meekum? How, how dang cool is it yeah. to be there and just literally see decades of history roll in front of you every weekend? That has just got to be the coolest dang thing. Well, if you try to think in your mind just how unbelievably awesome that it must be. Everything that you're thinking is completely right. <laughs> and I'm enormously thankful to be there. Uh, I owe a great deal of gratitude to Dana Meekum personally, to Frank, to the Meekum family, and to the management that runs that company. Because, see, I don't work for Meekum. I'm an outside contractor. They have chosen to bring me in to help host the show for 16 years now. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. You, you get to see not just the most amazing cars ever, but you get to hang with some people that are like so far above my level. Richard Petty comes in and he knows me by name. And I talk to him right. when he comes to the shows every year or two. We see him at another show. I never had another job where I could do that, you know? Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis came in and sang Great Balls of Fire live when he was <laughs> when he was selling his Harley Davidson. I got to see the, the guy's a, a legend of yeah. the 1950s original rock and roll era, and I got to see him and meet him. And it's just one person after another uh, that, um, in fact, Joey Logano, he came out. I hadn't seen him since his days in the Hooters uh, uh, uh television series right. uh, with stock cars some years ago. I used to know him there right. and I got to see him. So it's, it's not just the fact that Meekum is an incredibly successful, wonderful company to be able to work with. 
And it's not just the cars. It's the atmosphere that they create. And if you come out to a Mecham auction, you'll get to be part of that atmosphere and you'll get to see some of those cool people. Is it also kind of cool the people who whose names you don't know who are there to bid? And, you know, sometimes maybe they're just they've got tons of money and that's how they was spent or they've saved their entire life to come and buy that one car. I think that's also a, a part of the the onion, the layers of the onion that makes Meekum so cool. Well, you're right. See, there, there's there's three types of buyers that come out to Meekum auctions. Number one, you have dealers. Mm. And there's some dealers there, and, and they don't get a lot of airtime, and they don't want it. But they're, they're there, and it's, it's that's fine. I mean, we're there for them, too. Sure. The second thing is people with enormous, insane amounts of money <laughs> that they don't even know they have because it's all lost into the couch. Right. They come out, and... You usually don't see them, and you usually will have them through a phone bidder or they'll right. have a representative on site, and you never see the car again. It just disappears into wherever they live. And more power to them if they earn their money. Honestly, I'm, I'm glad they got it. And then the third kind is the kind of buyer that Brian just told us about. Right. He's the kind of guy that is wanted <clears throat> a 1967 Fastback Mustang his <clears throat> whole life, and now he's 68 years old, and he finally has a chance, and his kids are there with him, and they're bidding on it, and they win it, and that one is the heartwarming one. That's right. that's the one that we all love, you know? Yeah. Yep. Very cool. What's the, what's the coolest car? What's your favorite car that's ever went down the line? That's the easiest question ever, because I'm a Mustang guy. Okay. I love Mustang. And um, I got to know Chad McQueen a little bit, uh, Steve McQueen's son. And uh, Chad actually episode. comes out to Monterey uh, yeah. on a pretty regular basis. We see him every year or two. Uh, he'll come out and say hi to the gang, and they'll have a car that they sell or something like that. But the the original Bullet, Bullet Mustang Park. in Highland Green with an S-Code 390 big block engine crossed the block a couple of years ago. I think it was at Kissimmee, and that one was a heart stopper. Everybody's seen that movie. Everybody knows the car, and it I was touched the it. Movie I car. You did you? I did touched you? it. I touched it. Yes. You so, got past security. Yes, it was at at SEMA. I, I, you know, I, I touched it. I watched that go down the line. My wife thought I was. Well, my wife thinks I'm I'm a nutcase anyway. But I'm I'm like so excited, and and she didn't. And my wife's a movie nut, so when when that night. We, we 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 rented bullet and and all of a sudden it came together for her and she yeah. goes okay now i understand why you yeah, were so yeah. geeked out well, over this yeah now you get it and did you know that steve mcqueen tried for years afterwards to buy that yep. back from the family and it was owned by a school teacher and she ended up passing it on to her children yep. and it became her children's retirement plan and they sold it for what three and a half million i can't remember and, what it went and for and she but, was a school teacher i believe who drove it back and forth to school yeah. every day for decades yep. yeah she did she did That's and so cool. uh, then it got passed on to her kids and uh you know what a great thing to yeah. be able do for your family is do here here kids here's your retirement plan and that's what she did and that was a great story yeah, yeah. well i was friends with john sturgis oh, jo yeah. john sturgis's uh son i worked with him at university of virginia and you know sturgis john sturgis was a director of um lamont lamont yeah. right yeah. yes well yes. we just the original director yeah. and he was the original director of lamont then he quit they had a falling out but um, he did some stuff with Bullet. I forget what exactly it was, some behind-the-scenes stuff. But, um, yeah. but, yeah, that was just being able to touch that car and the history and actually seeing that movie 
1968 or 69, 69, in the drive-in theater, sitting in my dad's brand new 1968 Dodge Charger. Well, that the, was that was awesome. The Meekum family goes worldwide, right? Finding the most incredible cars you can possibly imagine, and I do, I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I I don't. That's that's not my end of the business. Right. I have no idea, but they find them, and I have seen so many priceless historic one-of-a-kind vehicles that it, it would blow your mind but the one that jumps out at because i'm a mustang guy the yeah. bullet mustang is yep. it for me yeah so, so i got i have one question though now going to the uh the cars that are you know multi-million dollars whatever the winged chryslers dodges you know the dodge and plymouths how they kind of ruined yeah the arrow wars ruined nascar for a little bit we're getting arrow wars in champ car what do you think? Uh, I really enjoy that aspect of auto racing. So I say, uh, yeah, I know you're going to take points off, and I know that uh, you do what you have to do. Just don't outlaw them because every car has two kinds of grip. There's only two ways. Yeah. That, and a physical object stays on terra firma planet Earth. Only two ways. Number one, by mechanical grip, which is the actual rubber touching the asphalt with mechanical grip. And number two, it's the air pushing it down. There's no other way that an object stays on planet Earth other than gravity. So um, when when you, you add that aspect to Champ Car, it matters at the bigger tracks. And I don't know if, if Champ's going to Brainerd this year. That's not the point. Stay with me. They got a big, long yeah. straightaway there. And you have to make up your mind. Do we want to trim that out? Uh, right. You know, I was with uh, Matt Peterson at Gingerman's six or eight years ago, right. and I told him, I said, Matt, if you will trim this the rest of the way out, I can get you another half second. I can right. guarantee you another half second. He said, no. He goes, no. He goes, we got five guys on this team, and we need to keep the car pinned down just to, just to have a baseline for everybody. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But you never have any of those discussions. You never learn any of that stuff, and you never have the enjoyment of going out and saying, you know, we did this too much. We had to take some wing out. <laughs> three and a half miles an hour on the straightaway. This is going to kill us. You, you lose all that with no arrow. So right. my, my vote is you keep it. Yes. Yes. I, I like your gravity. I mean, th I, that's my new selling point. If you need extra weight in the car to get the thing to stick, just put me in it. I, I, I can help you with that. <laughs> I can help you with that. So, all right. So before we let you go, Stephen, I just want to say if, if for some reason, God robs you of your voice just temporarily on a Saturday morning at a Beacom auction. Call me. I will drive, fly, take a rocket ship. I will walk 500 miles. I will do whatever I have to be because I would be more than happy to be your super sub. You are on my list, and I'll, I'll put you with, I'll move you to the very top because it's a long way. I was going to say, okay? I'm sure I'm, I'm one of about 700 people who have volunteered to do that. Can yeah. I can I say a couple of good things about Champ Car before we finish? Please. Yes. No. 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 no please. No. No. All right. Uh, uh, I, I can't hear. You're recording, right? So we have record of this. Um, first of all, the five minute pit stop is the greatest blessing ever. It's a brilliant idea. Thank you. Secondly, uh, putting drivers back in charge of safety is a big thing. We have been in such a fanatically authoritarian universe, and we're raised in that from the time we're in school that we don't know how to function on our own. When that's exactly backwards, uh, you know, a racing series is not a master, they're a servant. 
They're there to do as they are instructed to serve the people that they're holding a race for. And it is a huge compliment. Drivers should be in charge of their own safety. No one else. No one. And what Champ Car has decided to do is to say, drivers, we're going to be a servant. We're putting you back in charge. You inspect your own material. You inspect your own helmet. And if you're satisfied and you tell us that you have honestly looked at your safety gear, we're going to take your word for it if you fill out an affidavit. That is a massive leap forward in intelligence, in integrity, and in rules making for all of auto racing that a lot of other people can learn from. And I love the fact that Champ Car is not afraid to reach down market because we have other series out there in the amateur endurance racing categories that are reaching up market. Let them. I love them. I love them. I have nothing bad to say about them. I, I love for him, but don't be afraid to reach down market. A champ car is saying, you know, if you've only got a four cylinder, it's a beat up Miata and it's not very fast. We have a class and you are going to be able to go out and have fun. Yep. So I have nothing but good things to say about champ car. And uh, thanks for having me on. Hey, thank you, Steven. Well, that's a good way to end things. Yes, it is. Did you pay, did you pay him for that? Bill? No. Nah. Well, the check might bounce. <laughs> All right. So, Stephen Cox, thanks, thanks for Stephen. being with us so much. We really appreciate it. We're going to go and listen to the Winter Circle interviews from Autobahn. And then when we come back, I'm sure Bill has something else that we should talk about. Stay with us. This is Champ Inside Champ Car. We'll be right back. Down here with Premium Dudes, Nathan. Man, that was a pretty good race out there today. Yeah, the car did great. Drivers were pretty good. Um, it performed like it uh, was supposed to. So it's always nice when things go as planned. So it was uh, racing that Nissan. That was that looked pretty fun out there. I never actually got to race him. I ran first stint, and we were on opposite sides of the track. He was reeling me in for the most of the stint, um, but the other guys were able to, to race him. Um, last stint, though, we gave him orders just pull up behind him and just sit there. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> what was the most exciting part out there for you during today's race? When the shift linkage broke. <laughs> That's right. You only had one gear. So so I ran an hour 50 and then ran the shifter just right to break it for the rest of the guys pulled in and then they only had fourth gear. So, but no. So yeah, so we came into the pits. The shifter felt real funny. I crawled under there and looked at it and one of the shifter brackets broke. So I was able to wiggle it and jam it into fourth gear from under the car. And then uh, we just left it there for the rest of the race. So with that new BMW engine, that torquey little engine, did that did that hurt you a lot? Because your lap times are pretty darn good. Well, it would have hurt us more, but our better drivers went last. So. <laughs> well, it, the the fun part about it is this is a sweeping track. I mean, it's not like you have really slow corners. Right. So the places where you really want second are like nine and ten, or sorry, the places where you really want third are like nine and ten. The rest of the track you can do in fourth gear pretty easily. It, you, you don't lose a lot by by skipping third. Did that help you with your fuel mileage? A whole lot. We we went we, we skipped a whole stop um, running running a lot of, of uh, long stint. We did like an hour twenty before the break. We went like an hour fifty after the break and skipped a stop. So you're gonna do anything di different tomorrow? You'll be a lap or two down, one lap down, right? I assume one lap down. We're gonna fix the shifter. We're going to come out with uh, third gear this time, and we probably won't be able to go long on fuel, but we'll have better pace. All right, man. Congrats on uh, the Saturday win here at Autobahn. Thanks, Bill. Who are the drivers today for Premium Dudes? Uh, well, we had Nate Gardner, Andrew Johnson, 
and me, Kerry Steed. Thank you, Kerry Steed. <laughs> Two brothers racing here and their stock. Should I put that in quotes? It is relatively stock. Nissan 350Z? Yep, 350Z. Wait, it's an automatic? That's a it's a slush box, yep. So you let a stick shift beat you? I didn't thought I don't think we really had a choice to be honest with you. We ran a pretty clean race. It's a brand new build. So I mean we honestly if we if we could just finish the race, we were happy and, and lo and behold here we are in, in impound. So it's a pretty awesome race between you two out there. Yeah, yeah, they uh stretched fuel. We caught a purple thirty five and we're able to get a a quick pit stop and then they they stretched fuel and saved an entire stop and that was a lot of the difference and then they just paced us at the end so they don't get more penalty lap for tomorrow but that's what that's what that's what you're supposed to do who's the motorcycle racer on your team spent mo more time on two wheels than he did four uh yeah i, I mean I, I i ran motorcycles for a little bit yeah but I, no, I, we're just looking out the tower there and every time man just coming through these turns it's just two wheels it's pretty awesome looking yeah, well, I mean, it's untested. It's got a lot of body roll, <laughs> a lot of body roll. We got to get that out of it. But it's a stock. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got a set of uh, eight. What are they? H and R lowering springs or something on it, and Bilstein shocks. But yeah, it's it's essentially on stock stuff. If you don't do that on these stock cars, you end up with a car five feet off the ground with like you know five four feet of uh, fender clearance yeah well this one's got pretty good fender clearance we haven't even cut springs on it yet we're, we're still learning we're still learning as we go so i mean we we have a we have some room to grow um both as a team drivers who are the drivers us. today um myself greg who are you greg coon uh mike rick andy sugden and matt rick so race guys you go oh, you're gonna do anything different tomorrow to catch those bmws pray they break there you go. <laughs> no well, uh, we only had one gear today yeah well that's what i mean if they find the, the one any of the other four gears they can use uh we're pretty screwed but i i don't know we gotta this is our first time with the car so we gotta pour over it and make sure we're even in good shape for tomorrow um but yeah i mean driver mods that would be good for tomorrow and then hope they break all right guys good luck thank you 45th parallel motorsports enter miata first in a class good race out there Yes, it was nice and clean. We kept it on the track, managed our fuel just enough, started to start at the end. It was, it was kind of touch, touch and go there, the last lap? Right in the last, we were coasting around in fifth for about a half an hour. So, yeah, we were uh, kind of crossing our toes there to make sure we get to the finish line. But, yeah. yeah. So, uh, who were your drivers today? We had, well, they're not here, they're not here but uh, we had Jeff Stevens, who's our, our cornerstone. He finished it up. Um, we got a couple of new guys, Adrian and Stephen from um, the Atlanta area. So, yeah. Well, congratulations. Are you going to do anything different tomorrow? Yeah, we're going to do a couple of things here to try to get our fuel starving under control and um, probably just basic reprep, and we'll be back at it. Cool. All right. Good luck, man. Thanks, you. Appreciate it. Good. Down here with the 517 Gorilla Sticker. Good race today. Oh, yeah. yeah it was a good race. You know, we, had, we had some luck. Yeah. Like, why? Why did you have luck? Well, you know, we uh, we just caught uh, our pit stops, uh, you know, at the right time, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's a pretty quick car out. There. Oh yeah, yeah, that's all right. Who are the drivers today? Oh gosh, we had uh, Glenn, uh, Evan, uh, uh, Barry. Uh, they're our uh, kind of our staples. Go-to uh, guys. Yep, yep. And then uh, we had uh, Stephen Cox. He uh, 
Yeah. He took uh took the checkered flag. Yeah. Like puking somewhere. Yeah. You know those reporters. Yeah. Yeah. He is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was a little fatigued there yeah. towards the end. Yeah. Hot out there. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. You gonna do anything different tomorrow? Uh, no. We're gonna do uh do the same uh same strategy and see if we can uh, trip and fall on the podium again. All right. Congrats. All right. All right, down here with Finn Durrance, the number 35, fifth place overall. What is that, Nissan? Mac, or no, that's an Infinity. Infinity G35, yes, yeah, sir. We talked about that yesterday, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we did. So uh, it's kind of cool seeing all these Nissans up here today. Yeah, I love having more Nissans than BMWs. <laughs> so uh, who are your drivers today? We had uh, Blaine Salmonson, Evan Salmonson, Jared Salmonson, and Ian Seppinen. Oh, the... <laughs> <laughs> so what was that car like to drive out there today with all all these little i mean there were some fast cars there were some slow cars but it was uh pretty pretty tough it was a blast i think Jarrett, when he got out of the car he said it was as fun as a barrel full of monkeys I don't um i don't know what it means either but yeah is he old or something he is yeah <laughs> yes Grandpa Jerry. There you go. Yeah. Are you guys going to do anything different tomorrow to catch that BMW? Um, yeah, hopefully not lose our cool suit in the in the trunk. That would be beneficial. So it just fell out. Just fell out. Yeah, yeah. it was rum, it was rolling, oh, rolling around. Rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of weird. You hear this bang, bang, bang. Yeah, but we lost some water, so it's weight reduction. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get black flag for that? No. Okay. Somebody got called. I, I have to look at the logs again, but for uh, like, it looked like fluid pouring out of the back of the car. We thought it might have been a cool shot. Mm, possible. All right, guys. Congrats. Fifth place. Thank you. Right. Team 787 down here, Acuna Miata, whatever, something like that. Uh, B-class winner today with your Miata with the Harbor Freight Jack stands, be, or uh, not Jack stands, fr uh, Harbor Freight Jack sides being used to support your wing yeah. that's pretty cool hey reuse recycle man yeah, that's right. so this gray black gray what is it it's called nardo gray and our uh painter who's standing right there um did the whole thing in bedliner so that's, it looked like that yeah that so it's a more arrow more aerodynamic and other cars just slip right off so that's uh... <laughs> so, hey look to see if there's any tire marks on it no the bedliner that's how the tire marks are on the other side <laughs> so uh what was that like out there today with these really quick, like, BMWs and Nissan? It, it was good out there today. We had fun. Our goal was just to be reliable. And, again, at the end, slow and steady does does really well here. Yep. And our goal was just to – oh, yeah. Our goal, okay. our goal was just to stay out of trouble all day long, and that's what we did. Um, for us, uh, it was a long drive to get here. We came 12 miles. Um, yeah, we live here in Juliet, so yeah, gonna walk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was uh, it was good. It was just nice to be able to come out here, and we've been doing this since 2018, 2016 as a team, 2018 in champ, and it's just nice to finally uh, bring it home first. So, um, who were your drivers today? So, drivers today uh, in the green shirt there, my wife Veronica, uh, Brad right next to her, and Derek in the blue shirt. So, Derek was a sub because our normal fourth driver uh, tore his ACL, so he had to cheer us on. Kind of beer is he drinking? <laughs> I think that's Bush Light Peach. Yeah, it's a, Bush Peach, really? Yeah, it's the breakfast of champions. Kind of goes with the Miata, <laughs> with the Miata theme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Hey, takes a real man to drive a Miata. Yeah. With the team. <laughs> yep. But yeah, right. it was just good to be here. So. Yeah. All right, good race, yeah. man. Look good out there. Thank you very much, and thanks for putting on a good show. Thank you. All right, guys, good race.
And here with our EC winner today, the 335. What's the team name of their maximum? Oh, gosh, I don't even know what our need team, uh, team name is. We just changed it, but it's not. I don't think it could be set on air. It's all right. We'll figure it out. Okay. So uh, out there with this maxima, it's a first race for it? Uh, we've raced it for a while. We've ne we've only finished one race in the past, so today's goal is to finish. So we're pretty pretty happy that we brought it home. It's pretty tough out there. Did it look like? Uh, it, it's a great track. The thing that threw us off was the heat. No one really expected the heat. He he was feeling pretty bad because of the heat. I was I I felt good until that last hit and was starting to. You got to remind yourself to drink waters. But that was the only curveball I think for today. Lots of good cars out there. Lots of good cars. It looked fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Everyone raced clean. Everyone raced hard. It was a good day. You gonna do anything different tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to get the brakes a little more firmer for my liking. Other than that, I keep it just as is, and I shouldn't like the new tires on there. there you <laughs> Thank you, Tire Rack. There those things, go. those things were fantastic. All right, what tires do you use? Uh, I think we're using hand cooks. He builds. There you go, and you just drive it. Oh, Yokohamas. Uh, Yokohamas. Yeah, they're like those. Yeah, they're they're they were really really good. I you know I started on an older set, but man, with a new set of tires and we. Put the track out a little bit. The car just came in. It had a bit of a push this morning, but, man, it was perfect right now. All right. Good luck, man. Hey, thank you so much. You guys did great. Thank we you. Really enjoyed it. Down here with uh, about 500 brothers racing, whole bunches of them. So uh, you showed how badass this little Nissan is. I'm just wondering if they want the Mercedes back yet. <laughs> <laughs> they told us we couldn't run that one, yeah. so we built this one. Yeah. But... Yeah, to be honest with you, uh, I think in our interview yesterday, you asked what it would take for us to catch the BMWs, and I said uh, we need them to break, and today they broke, so here we are in first. So we didn't break. Uh, we were kind of enjoying the uh, Nissan re reliability so yeah. far. So There's three of them here now. Yeah, so it, it was good. It was good. It was acting up at the end. Um, this is our first weekend with it, so we're going to have to dig into why it was acting up, but it wasn't wanting to shift correctly at the end, so I don't know if we heard it or what, but we'll find out. You're young guys, so you guys know how to drive a stick? I mean, do you know how to, you know? <laughs> I I actually had the opposite problem. I, I've been driving a stick for like 15 years. I got in this, and like I couldn't drive it at first. Because <laughs> it's an automatic, isn't it? Yeah, our first test day, he, he was having problems with it, and he's like, I told him to bring it down pit lane, power cycle it, you know, figure out. He's like, it won't start. Also, he's like, Oh crap! Forgot, forgot. I gotta put it. I gotta put it in park before I can start it. He, he forgot that you can't just push the clutch in and start it. So yeah, yeah. He's probably the only one that we can. Well, these. Yeah, all, they're old. They drive automatics, right? No, all of us it actually own manuals. So you know, I drove a manual truck for. You guys are taking all the fun out of this job. <laughs> That's what it is. I don't know. It was pretty fun today. We, you know, thank you to Champ Car. Um, our sponsor is Green Industrial. He's sporting that. Um, Pro Car and uh, Custom Metal Specialists. Um, with and all Nissan. And Nissan. Yeah, ne thank, you, thank you to Nissan for the contingency. This is the first time we've gone through it, so thank you for that. That helps. Now, who were the drivers this weekend? Uh, Greg Kuhn, myself, Mike Rick, Matt Rick, and Andy Sugden. Well, sorry. Yeah. I was going... I should have gone by brothers, Mike and Matt Rick, and then Andy Sugden and Greg Kuhn. Those we are had, the two pairs. We actually have a future driver here, Mason Rick, that uh, is learning the ropes. So he's been at the last five races, and he will be. As soon as Champ Car lets him, right? So uh, who was the fastest driver this week? That would be me. Again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just saying that? No, I was. <laughs> oh. 
He always ends up with the most time in the car. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who builds it gets the most time yeah, in it, I guess. All right, guys, congrats. And, and what are you going to do? Go to Disneyland with all that Nissan money? Oh my God. Uh, no, we're probably going to go buy new front brakes because we cooked through two sets of brakes this weekend, and we're going to have to figure that out. Buy so. some better beer. We got Stella. I mean, there you that, go. That'll work. That's not bad. So, yeah, <laughs> then we're going to celebrate. And, uh, I don't know. We'll probably see you at Gingerman. If not, it's going to be Road America. So, All right, guys. Congrats. Thank you. Right, thank you. Good win, guys. All right. 45th Parallel Racing and their little Miata conquering this uh, big car day weekend. Yeah. Just fun to be out here. I say it takes the whole team to put it together. But Paul, our mechanic, really, I mean, this thing you just point and shoot. It's just so easy to drive. Our pits were clean. I mean, we just had a really good day all around. Pretty much kept it on track all day, too. Yeah, I think we just had one off today, which is pretty good for us. Usually we're playing in the grass way more often than that. You're apexing the corner. <laughs> yeah, sometimes that's where you got to be to get the pass done, I guess. <laughs> there you go. Uh, any other issues out there this weekend? Uh, temps, actually. First time ever for having temp issues. I think that we got to get some better uh, cooling ducting around the fan to get some of that airflow through it. So we couldn't use any sort of drafting this weekend at all. We had to just be offline and duck in at the last minute so pop it the temps would pop up that quick oh yeah we could not be behind cars yeah so uh who are your drivers this weekend we've got adrian sapoy steven steven greenwald and then i did doubles jeff stevens All right, guys. congratulations yeah thank you <laughs> darren greatly and the big huge american cataract awesome race out there man thanks bill uh it's taking a long time to get here not sure what to do with my hands. Right. You're doing good. <laughs> this is our first. This is our first impound ever. Oh. So wow. uh, after this is our. We started in 19. We did one race yeah. in 19 at Gingerman, and we do three races a year roughly. And uh, here we are. So the uh, the Cadillac actually did pretty well. Um, it looked good out there. You actually put a smaller engine in it for the for this year. I did. Uh, I actually want to publicly thank Chris Huggins. Um, that guy has a job that I wouldn't want in a million years, and I know that him and I have gone back and forth a little bit on the internet about points values and BPIs, but you know, he just said, hey, I just don't think your car is built to its full potential. And uh, I just said, you know what, we gotta try a different approach. You know, We have a hard time getting two hours on fuel with the old engine. I figured we'd back down horsepower a little bit, see if we can add some arrow. Uh, we upped our tire game this time, which I'm sure is probably what solved all this, but uh, yeah, I, I want to say uh, thanks, Chris Huggins, for pushing me. Well, putting that 1.2 liter engine in there probably helped a lot, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but it looked good out there. Who were your drivers this weekend? Uh, we had uh, myself, Alex Samarjic, uh, Chris Flamion, and Ron Spear. And what's your name so I can put it in the subtitles? Uh, Lee Mulliman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lee. All right, guys, good race. Third place finish overall here on uh, Sunday at Autobahn. Thank you. I want to thank my sponsors. Uh, my wife, number one. Um, <laughs> Radium Engineering helped us out with the build when we built it uh, with the fuel cell. They they uh, they were very generous in helping us get this car going. Uh, also, Scapel Cadillac, who's my employer, um, and all the guys that work there in the service department uh, have been uh, phenomenal in helping this car come to be what it is. So the most wanted question on Tuesday is probably going to be, where do I get a my wife? <laughs> 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 Thanks, Bill. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, a little tiny car, a little BMW back there, and probably the biggest guy on pit lane. 
<laughs> Why are you backing up? <laughs> no, that's good. My son's like your height. Um, gorilla sticker, man. That was a good race out there. Thanks. Uh, we we finished with fourth gear only, but uh, it was pretty smooth. This is a perfect track for the fourth gear only thing. So, uh, a lot of teams yesterday had problems with gearboxes. Uh, was it just the amount of shifting you had to do here? Um, it was a it was a probably a problem that was plaguing us from a race before. It was just a probably a tiny little plastic part from the clutch master to the pedal. And it was enough to not work at all at the last couple stints. But actually, this track is pretty good for getting the rhythm in and fourth gear. Um, shifting would have dropped a couple seconds, but wasn't too bad. It's not like we were really suffering that much. So who are your drivers today? We had Barry Stewart. We had um, Steve, I don't know his last name, Glenn Crutch, and myself, Evan. Cool. All right, guys. Congrats on your... Uh... Fourth place finish. Thanks. All right, Evan. Finn Durance Racing did pretty well this weekend. Um, what was I'm looking at my cheat sheet here. Fifth place overall, man. This is a pretty pretty hefty field here to, yeah. to finish that. that, that overall, run. fourth in class, same as yesterday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we overcame the penalty laps and made it to impound two days in a row for the first time. So hopefully someday we'll hold, hold a trophy. See, that's pretty good, though. I mean, just to, uh, I mean, this is a pretty stacked field today. There was some. Yeah. Some of the the top teams that got knocked out pretty quick, but uh, a lot of C cars, yeah. a lot of C cars. Yeah. So who are your drivers this weekend? Evan Salmonson, Jared Salmonson, Blaine Salmonson, and Ian Stepanen. And you guys are all related except for that one guy. Uh yeah. <laughs> he wishes he could be a Salmonson, but. All right. Where are you gonna race at next? Uh, we'll be at Road America in the fall. Cool. All yep. right. Congrats, guys. Thank you. All right, Begley Motorsports with the uh, five Dotson five ten. I play with this car usually about every single day on my desk at home. It's a Hot Wheel. So you've you've got the yes, the diecast. Awesome. <laughs> well, it just became worth more, I think, yes, didn't it? Yeah. So uh, C or uh, B class winner today here at Autobahn. Uh, who were your drivers this weekend? So it was myself, Max Neiman, and Kurt Neri. Uh, they we've been doing this with us uh, pretty much ever since we got the car. So. So huge Datsun contingency out there in the world, probably watching this weekend. Nice to see a 510 up here on the podium. Yeah, a 51-year-old car, that's uh, pretty cool. But we decided that the car is the youngest part of the whole team. <laughs> we thought the car was old, but then we we did an average. We're like, it's actually the, the youngest part of the team. So. What was uh, what was the advantage that you had with this car over some of the other uh, B-class teams? Uh, we survived. That was the whole thing. Uh, we didn't necessarily do it on speed. Uh, just ran a decent pace and, uh, and was, were there at the end. Car's pretty darn reliable now. It is. Yeah, we went through a few uh, mishaps with it early on, figured out the maintenance schedule on it, and um, so we've been finishing races ever since. Where are you going to race at next with us? I believe it'll be Gingerman. Yeah. All right, good race, guys. Thank you very much. Let me walk over the car here. All right, down here with I I I I I I, I, I Fist Racing, formerly JTK, right? Yeah. I-I-F-F-I-S. So, uh, there should be a second I. I forgot the uh, second I in there. So I so, uh, finished first in EC today. It's really hard when nobody else is running. <laughs> you scared him yesterday. Yeah, we were scared well, off the Wait a second. You finished. There's a lot of cars that did not finish. <laughs> you know us well, don't you, Bill? Yes, we finished. That was a, uh, yes, but yes. It's, 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 it is endurance. It's because we didn't bring the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going there. I have those two. Where's Todd? Yeah, where's, where's Todd? Todd? 
Where's Todd? You know those uh, those fast times at uh, Road America. Those are Todd. So, so we, but we miss Todd. So, so uh, who were your racers today? Myself and this gentleman to my right, Jeff. Yep. Yeah. Well, you guys are a bunch of old guys, so that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> well, seven hours experience, in that car. Experience, experience, please. Experience. Sorry, I meant that. Well, Todd's usually our third, so yeah, we uh, we bucked it up and it about heat stroked me yesterday, oh, so I prepared a little better today. So we battled a ball joint on the right front that tried to disembark itself all day. So we did what we could. So like, it was really hard with just one one car. <laughs> so one of your drivers there used to work for X Track. Yeah, that's so, me. Yeah. Have you suggested putting an automatic in it yet? I'd love to get a sequential box in there. Wouldn't we all? Well, Extract would do a great job. I just need a bigger budget, like like yeah, we were just kind of talking about. You need to have an E30 budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. How to get fired from Champ Car? That's, yeah, that's, exactly. That's a, that's a lot of beer money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little about the Maxima there. You know, so he's Extract, but uh, the other guy that's not here is Todd. He's a true race engineer. Oh. He is a true race engineer. Um, serious. So, uh, <laughs> once you get him in the seat, it's like, I'm cold. I'm hot. All the seats do this. <laughs> Love you, Todd. But uh, no, it's uh, so we've just added stuff. And this is, you know, I, it's a builder series and built to a point. And I was like, let's just see how fast it can go. Let's just see what we can do. The one thing I will say, following the, a lot of these rear wheel drives, you see how they sling it around and you just got to wait on the front wheel drive to take a little bit more of a set so yeah maybe i've i've got to rethink this but uh we've just slowly built it up and put arrow on it and i think i've decided when it's hot we shouldn't be running arrow because <laughs> the way everything's packaged up underneath there and then road america and colder it might work a little better but uh yeah training actually lasts that was a positive uh braked well all day uh, bricks were, were actually pretty good a lot of that has to do with the Yokohamas. I'm, I'll, I'll fully admit that. But, but even then, we could get probably five hours out of set of Yokohamas out of the front, so the rears last. So it's just a, you know, we've been running this car off and on for, what, 10 years and just a slow build process, slow iteration. So. Well, congrats on your EC win, and uh, we'll see you the next race. Yeah, hopefully we'll make Road America. Hopefully Todd will be there, and we'll see what happens. All right, guys. Thanks, Bill. Good luck. Thanks, Bill. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to Inside Champ Car. I'm Brian Belansky. He's Bill Strong. What a great show, Bill. Stephen Cox. I'm wore out just trying to think of really cool questions that didn't make me sound like a noob at this. <laughs> you were great, man. We had a good time. You know, yeah, it was time. it was fun. Um, I always liked interviewing guys that, you know, are kind of in the same business that we are, but yeah. at a way high level exactly. than we are. You know, Which is so, pretty much everybody. You, know, you, you want to ask them, so how do you get those big jobs? No, yeah, but, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I kind of did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I can I send you my resume now? <laughs> What's your email address? Yeah, yeah, can I yeah. send you a reel? No, he doesn't have one. You have to uh, you have to put it in the the contact us so it gets filtered by like fifteen people. Exactly. Did you notice how he had people doing stuff for him? Well, yeah. Nobody. That was all before we started. But yes. Oh was, yeah, yeah. He had a crew. Right, yeah. He had a crew. That's awesome. And that's we awesome. need a crew. I, my I, wife said no. I am my crew. I am <laughs> yeah. the crew. 
Uh, he said good no. Stuff. Good stuff. All right, so we've got a, a meeting coming up on Thursday. Yep, Thursday. I head out um, sometime dark and early Thursday morning to go to Carolina, South Carolina. Dana thinks I'm going to get there at 3 o'clock and have it all set up for the 4 o'clock meeting, <laughs> but we know that is a lie. Come on. Or maybe I just didn't tell him what it takes to do this. Oh, yeah, I can do it. No problem. Yeah, you're that yeah, good, Bill. I'm that good, yes. So tomorrow I'm going to basically be packing everything up. <clears throat> today I, you know, today, today was a mess, I'll tell you. That's a different story. <laughs> All right, so um, Thursday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern on June 22nd, 2023, in case you're watching this in the future. We're going to have our virtual BOD Board of Directors meeting, our annual meeting, from live from uh, Carolina Motorsports Park. I don't know if racers are allowed to come in. I, I honestly don't know. I'm not part of that decision-making crew. But <clears throat> we will be broadcasting it on our ChampCar.Live YouTube channel. Um, you can meet your board of directors, Justin Andres, Chris Huggins, Tiffany Alexander. Uh, Roger Cohen won't be there. He'll be joining us virtually. Uh, Ray Frank and Frank Reinhill and Mike Pullman will be live. Uh, Dana Morrison will be uh, MCing as well, uh, along with me producing it locally. Um, Polly and Tiffany, or Polly, will be prepping for the f Saturday uh, Champ Car Live race nice. from the uh, from live from the track. Uh, Tiffany will be up in the tower. I'll be up there as well, doing the uh, logs and uh, marching ants. And also helping along on the show. Um, so that's going on. Uh, we're going to get the latest updates from Dana Morrison on, about the company. 2022 Champ Car, Interna uh, Champ Car International Incorporated Financial Statements. And the uh, what everybody wants to hear, the Champ, Champ Car BCCR changes and updates for 2024. So, um, so people can those, watch that right, right here where they're watching this, right? Yes, correct. Um, if you have any questions, please email me, media at champcar.org. That's the easiest way to remember. Um, we sent out an email, too, to all current members. Um, if you're not a current member, you're welcome to join us. But, uh, you know, got to be a member to make uh, help make the decisions of a comp of the company. Yes, I don't know where I was going with that. But, yeah, it's late. It's late, man. I haven't had much sleep in the last six days. Um, you can also, yeah, like I said, email me. Uh, you can also ask questions on the Champ Car Forum. We have a, a thread started to where you can ask questions. Go ahead and do that, and I'll pass them on to the board. All right, so we also got a couple races coming up. Like I said, we have 36 cars signed up for CMP, which is Carolina Motorsports Park. 55 cars signed up for Sebring, and we still have a lot of room left in that one. MSR Houston, 14 cars. We have a lot of room in left, but we are doing that race, folks. We'd love to have at least 20. Let's go. There's a lot. I know there's a lot of teams down there. Hey, all you guys at Harris Hill, come on, come on out. Have some fun at MSR Houston. High Plains Raceway, we bumped that one up. That's up to 20 cars now. Um, Lifeline 24-hour classic at Virginia International Raceway. We're up to 57 cars, and that's on track to being a pretty big event. And today's the cutoff date for Gingerman Raceway, which is a week later. And uh, we started out this morning with 16 cars. We're now up to 24, and uh, we're on our way to a normal... We usually get between 30 and 35 cars at that, that race. Some, I think one time we had I think six or 40, 50 cars. It was a huge amount of cars on this small track, but it was fun. Um, yeah, so that's, that's coming up. Um, what else? Do you think of anything, Brian? No, I think you're doing great. Anything these guys need well, to know? Well, you were jabbering along. I put up your email address for everyone cool. to see. Yep, yep. So. Build that strong at champcar.org or just simply media at champcar.org. 
stud muffin at champcar.org was taken. Yeah, because Dana has that. Dana has it, yeah. So <laughs> I'm here for you, Dana. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys. All right. Um, it's late. It's been a great uh, couple days. It has uh, been. We go to we go to CMP this week. Next weekend we head to or next week we head to Sebring. Come home, get our laundry done, turn around and head back down to Florida. So then I think we get a few days off. But I don't know who we're going to have next week. We have a choice. If you guys want to be on this show, please email me at media@champcar.org, and uh, we'll entertain some pretty cool people and have you on this show. And I think you know it's fun, man. Yeah, I I think we have a blast. Yeah, but I'm biased. We do. <laughs> we do. Uh, All right, guys, that's a good one. What's all right, that's going to do it for another episode of Inside Ch- uh, Inside Champ Car. If yep. you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. That would be Champ Car Live or the Racing Wire Podcast Network. Don't miss any episodes. It would also be great if you'd share it all on your social media channels. Comment on the Champ Car Facebook page, especially if it's a good one. We have new episodes every week. He's Bill Strong. I'm Brian Polanski. And you are listening, of course, to Champ Car Live and the Racing Wire Podcast Network. See you next week, Bill. Later, man. <laughs>